Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my co-host, local celebrity. <clears throat> sorry, sorry, international celebrity. Thank you. Matt McLean. Hello, hello. <laughs> Every Tuesday, we release a new episode, mostly true crime, but we've also been known to cover a pandemic, a haunting, a super mad, super strong chimpanzee. We'll cover anything and everything scary. Please rate us five stars and join us on Instagram at Everything Scary Pod. Here we go. Hey. Hey. What is up? Nothing. How are you? Nothing. Nothing. Actually, uh, I'm fine as well. So let's just. I wish I could talk like a kid. You're like, no, thank you. Like my boss, we have to do performance reviews. And she sent me like all of the stuff that I have to fill out. And I just emailed her back. Um, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to like. She's like, I don't know if it works like that. You have to do like rate your own performance. Yeah, You're and like, then my great, line out. Great, great, great. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you make an extra number on the end. Circle that one. <laughs> Exceeded my own expectations. <laughs> 13 out of 10. <laughs> Okay, and I just wanted to give a super quick shout out to our newest Patreons. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> that was beautiful. That was really good. Welcome to the jungle, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, guys. Um, so Farah R, Justin W, another fella. Welcome to the dude party, Just. <laughs> just Justy Dubs. <laughs> uh, Catherine L, Caitlin, and Willa. I like that name. Willa. It's so beautiful and pure, doesn't it? It is nice. Yeah. Yep. So welcome to the jungle. Willow, Willow, which we're aware of. Yes. And then Willa, which is kind of like. I think it's better. I think it's better too. No you know offense what? to Willows. Yep. Sorry, Willows. We said it. Yeah. Not taking it back. There's a new Willa in town. All right. Welcome to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Just for, you know, fun. I, okay. I kind of want to play a little bit of a game with you. Oh. And I know how. Uh, invested you are when I tell you these stories. So... This is not spin the bottle. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I expect things that are never going to happen. <laughs> but sometimes I do feel like, you know, maybe like my tireless efforts mm. fall upon deaf ears. Maybe not in the moment. Okay. Yes. Like instantly after the fact. <laughs> yes. 100%. So I have brought a $10 bill with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to go through our Patreon episodes with you. Oh, my God. This is going to be awful. Here's the deal. (laughs) If you can tell me three of them. That's it. Three. Yeah. With the endings, though. (sighs) Then $10 is all yours. Oh, my God. Okay, but I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll give you the title. So that'll, like, that'll help, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. So for our... um, Patreon exclusives. We had the Jennifer Pan story. Ringing any bells? Not. Scott Peterson? That is absolutely not. That was before we had a Patreon. The Haley was still on the podcast. First time we met. (laughs) Sorry, give me that name again. Jennifer Pan? No. Okay. Shasta Groney? No. Jasmine Fiore? (laughs) Are these real? No, Matt. No, I don't. They're the names of my ferrets. <laughs> Actually, they're the names of my hermit crabs. <laughs> the silent twins. Yes. Okay, tell me. Uh, they uh, were just fucking with people, I think. <laughs> weren't they? Weren't they? Didn't they? Weren't they able to just talk and they just figured they wouldn't to see how long they could go or something? Here's the deal. I'm gonna, I'll give you half a point on that okay. one. Okay. Kind of, sort of. Yeah. Not, not really. Okay. Um, the, the survival of Julianne Kopiak. Oh, 
I want to say something with a drain pipe, but I don't think that that, that, that doesn't... That a don't, drain pipe? Yeah, no. Um, sorry, give me the name again. Uh, Julian Kopiak. <sighs> no. Okay. Uh, Chris Watts. Yes. Uh, my brother-in-law hates him. He's the biggest piece of shit in the world. Uh, uh, he had a family, I think. He did. And he killed the family, I'm going to say. Yep. Okay. okay. So you got one and a half. <laughs> one and a half. Um, thanks to thanks to your brother-in-law thanks to turd my brother-in-law can I ask you a question is why why are you listening to your brother-in-law so intentively and when I speak it's just is is this a sexist thing he is no no he's obsessed with true crime and he loves the pod and so my he was super weird I'm not obsessed with it at all no problem he was (laughs) it's okay that story wasn't like the most you know traumatizing thing I've ever read but that's fine (laughs) Dude, that's fine. Tell me more about your brother-in-law. <laughs> he sounds great. He sounds hilarious. What's his favorite band featuring three brothers? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got one and a half. We got yeah. um, Bryce Lespiesa. I don't expect you no. to get this one. This is our first Patreon one. Uh, Emmett Corrigan. I mean, what do you think is going to happen? I know. I, uh, <laughs> I know. This is... <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to read through the last little bit. Yeah. And if you... You know what? Give me the high signal. Yeah. Uh, the murder of Kim Wall, Denise mm. Amber Lee, the Shafia family murder. Yes. Gr- that was by Buttonville Airport. Perfect. That's exactly what I was looking for. But Locations. It, was it not an honor killing? It was a father and son? It was in Niagara Falls. So oh, okay. Sorry. Really. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was on 404 in Buttonville. <laughs> <laughs> um, Greyhound bus murders. This you should just know, yes. because, not because of me. Yes, fucking terrible. Beheading on a Greyhound bus okay. with, uh, I think, is the guy free now? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, he didn't go to like a prison. He went to like a mental hospital. Yeah, or he's schizophrenic, right? And Katie Sorensen got nothing. All right. Well, I'm ten dollars richer. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess not really. How I'm just not ten dollars poorer. <laughs> How many did you think I would get? I was being generous with three. <laughs> I thought maybe. I thought yeah, I, I thought three was doable. This is hilarious. Hmm? That well, was very funny. Thank you so much. I, <laughs> I do appreciate what you do. <laughs> I think I'm just gonna have to start wearing turtlenecks, Ooh. and then maybe you'll listen to the words that come yeah, out. Yeah, that face. would work. <laughs> yeah, or I could just not objectify you. <laughs> Or I could just not show up anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. So let's dive into today's case. Yeah, sure. I'm Morgan Rector, host of the Human Monsters True Crime Podcast. Do you find life boring within the comfort zone? This is the right show for you. It will test your endurance. The offenders profiled are among the most inhumane. These people specialize in the unthinkable. Human Monsters. Available wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, I've already asked you this off air. You haven't heard of the Lululemon murder. Mm-mm. A lot of people haven't, actually. Which is surprising to me, because... Lululemons are very popular. I'm wearing full Lulu garb today. Yeah, hence why I will not be paying attention to the pod. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, okay, when you wear... Hmm, I gotta rephrase this so I'm not like victim blamey because it's not where I want to go but are you to be aware? fair they both worked at Lululemon the killer and the victim so 
Oh, I'm just talking about you. Oh, well, am I the victim of what exactly? No, no, no. <laughs> I just mean like, like, are you aware how those pants make your butt look? And are you aware that it is just fantastic in those pants? And it is hard not to. Here's the thing. There. There's a quote from one of the people in this case. And he said, because at Lululemon, they call their staff educators. Okay. And he said, if you're paying what you pay for what you're getting, you need an educator, and it's not at Lululemon. <laughs> oh, my God. And to that I say, have you seen my butt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> right, okay. But but it is also an optical illusion. Like, your butt does not look exact. Like, it really, it <gasps> takes, I'm sorry. Really? Ladies, don't let your husbands listen to this episode, because it doesn't do, like, look, my pants are up to my my raw like what on earth it, it tucks everything in it's <laughs> it's uh you know an optical illusion of sorts but wow. that's why we pay the big bucks hey did I, you just block at your own cough i did i God. put my just give me a high sign i'll, I'll block you out if you got cough you I try are, to do that for you sometimes you are amazing you never cease to surprise me <laughs> Just blocking it. Yeah, everybody thinks he's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's over here coughing. <laughs> like a lunatic. <laughs> okay. So my main sources for this episode is a book called, when I listen to the book with my ears, Matt, so you don't have to. Could I wear Lululemon pants? Yeah. They, make... to- they have a guy's section. But I am worried because I feel like I can just see your bear bum. Like I like the, not you specifically, but like every girl that wear, every person that wears Lululemons. I could just, I'm like, that's what your bear bum <laughs> like, you know, we can see your bare bum. Yeah, and we have that weird little emblem on it that's like a, a backwards L and then a forwards L. Whatever happened to Juicy? Remember those pants? Oh, good grief. I bet you still got a pair of those trackers. No, I've never had for Juicy. For lounging Ju- by never. the fire? In mm-hmm. my life, I've mm-hmm. never owned a pair of Juicy pants. And then like, there was like the off brand. It was like squishy or something. No, wait, there, <laughs> no. <laughs> Dehydrated. Milky. Oh my God, a milky butt. Ew. No, I've never owned a pair of Juicy. Um, You know what? I'm 39 now, so I think it was a little bit outside of my age bracket. Like, I was, like, in my late 20s when the Juicy on the bum started to come out. Juicy couture. And I think that's, like, an early 20s kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was quite the fashion. Or, like, moms that really want to see. Moms did not wear. Moms, of course they did. Juicy pants? Okay, but to be fair, I watch a lot of Housewives. (laughs) Like I said to my girlfriend Rosanna the other day, I went to pick up a cake from her because she's an amazing cake maker. And uh, we were talking about uh, Gucci. And mm. I was like, all I want is just like one real Gucci shirt. Like just one yeah. and I'll take really good care of it. And that's all I want. She goes, I want the belt. And I was like, everybody has the belt. And then I was like, by everybody, I mean all the housewives. <laughs> I really don't know a single person that has the belt. <laughs> you are half in reality. Half in reality TV. Okay, they're wrestling fan. <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> Speak the truth in front of me? <laughs> Bastard. Okay. So, yes, like I said, I listened to a book. I didn't read it so that you don't have to fucking call me out on our like, did very... I do that? Yes, you did. What happened? You, you fucking liar. You tell me you're no. reading all these books ah, and you're funny. really listening to them. <laughs> you're like, I was wondering. I thought your kids were being horribly neglected. <laughs> oh, my God. There's so much reading. <laughs> my kids come in they're like can we have dinner tonight I'm like mama's raided her murder books <laughs> so 
Uh, yeah, the book is called uh, The Yoga Store Murder by Dan Morsey. Um, the family of the victim said that they worked closely with the author and they stand by everything that he wrote. So that's where I got 99% of my information. And unfortunately, I will tell you right out of the gate, this is going to be a two-parter. Uh, is Lululemon Canadian, do you know offhand? Uh, I don't know and I don't think so. Okay. But we did... Doesn't matter. Yeah, I don't I was, know. It doesn't matter. I was just curious. For fuck's sake, Matt. I'm sorry. The only thing I don't know. I thought in one of your thousand books you read. <laughs> With my ears. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're starting off in um, Bethesda, Maryland. Heard of it. Have you? Yeah, big really? military place. Really? Mm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I'm thinking of... Uh, where's Quantico? What the fuck are you talking about? Baltimore, that Maryland, say- Maryland, D.C. It's all the same in my mind. Sure. I am horrible at geography in the Perfect. States. Perfect. You're like, actually, it's, uh, I was talking about Pentatanguishine. It's right up there. I think Bethesda, <laughs> is that where Jag was? You probably never watched that. All no. right, we'll continue with the Harmon <laughs> Rab. No? Okay. So, uh, Bethesda, Maryland. Bethesda is just northwest of Washington, D.C. Mm. You just said that. <laughs> I think I said Washington. I didn't say just northwest. <laughs> you nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to give you your accolades here. <laughs> so, um, Bethesda was considered a very affluent and educated area. Um, this story takes place in 2011, but as of right now, Bethesda is safer than 41% of the neighborhoods in Maryland, which I don't think is that great of a stat. No. Is that on the sign as you come in? Yeah. 41%, 41% safer. You're 41% safer here. <laughs> than literally anywhere else. <laughs> so we're going to start off on March the 12th of 2011. A man named Ryan Haw, who is 26 years old, is standing in line out front of the Apple store around 7.45 a.m. on Bethesda Avenue. He had wanted to go and get there bright and early. Um, He was standing outside of, I said the Apple store, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Bethesda, Maryland. Yep, you got it. So uh, he wanted to get there bright and early because the iPad 2 had just been released. Oh, I I have an iPad 2. Holy shit. Does it still turn on? Yes, I've been thinking about (laughs) replacing it, actually, because it is cracked to shit. (laughs) Oh, but it still works and holds a charge. My son cracked his iPad yesterday and I... <gasps> oh my God. Were you it, like, you're adopted. <laughs> do you ever want to do that? No. Like as a parent, like do you ever like... Well, my kids are really little. Right. But I did do it to my sister. <laughs> I had her convinced for a very... We, we all have blue eyes. Haley has brown eyes. We're like, <laughs> where'd you come from? I was like, are you Portuguese? Because <laughs> she's also, she tans easy. Like as you can see, not so much over here. Right. Yeah. It looks like you've been lathering yourself in whiteout. You said that last time. And it's Did not, I? It doesn't work. Oh, my God. Nobody wears whiteout, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody uses pen anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the iPad 2 had just been released, and he had missed out on it only the day before, so he decided he wanted to come early and wait for the store to open. As he waited around 8 a.m., he noticed a young woman go into the Lululemon store. You know she was cute, too. Like, there's... Yeah. I've never been into a Lulu where there's... They're all no, super No, it's cute. a lovely looking place. Mm-hmm. So the Lululemon was directly beside the Apple store. Almost instantly, she was back outside again and she looked rattled. She was on the phone seemingly discussing what she had just witnessed upon entering the Lululemon. When Ryan made eye contact with the woman, he asked her what was wrong and she just stated that she had come to open up the store and she found the door open. Once inside, she noticed that the store was completely turned upside down. A large flat screen TV was smashed on the floor and there was what appeared to be blood leading into the back of the store. So she's just coming open. Oh God. It's like you don't want to be there anyways. Yeah. Open and then you walk into this shit. 
It's so, like the release of the iPad, so the mall's probably crawling with nerds, and you're just trying to be cute and be left alone. Just trying to wear your super bright colored shoes, <laughs> and that's it. That's all you want to do. Just make a couple bucks, you that's know? That's it. So, her name was Rachel Ertley. Uh, she was on the phone with 911. She gave the store address, and Ryan, who had missed out on the iPad 2 the day before, very nicely offered to go into the store and get a better idea as to what was going on. Whoa. Rachel went in with him, but she waited in the front entrance, and Ryan ventured into the back. Uh, when he came back to the front, he had confirmed that there was one person who he suspected could have been a male who appeared to be deceased, laying in the back room covered in blood, and there was a woman inside the store um, in the staff bathroom who was still alive and making noises. Oh, my. Like, that is crazy. That right? This guy. Like, who is this guy? I know. He's like, all I want is the iPad, too. Yeah, I'm just here to get an iPad. I'm just fucking chilling. Can you guys all relax? Why is there dead people in the Lulu yeah. store? He's like, all right, I guess I'll wait till the store to open. Yeah, sure, I'll be, uh, yeah, I, I got time. I can be, a, I just, I'll be a bit of a hero. Yeah, I'll walk into it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I don't know what's, yeah, sure, blood. I, that'll be cool. And then, but I just got to get my iPad after. Yeah, as soon as I'm done, real quick. Hold my spot. Yeah. You, you there right. with the glasses. Yeah. No, that's not right. you, the other one with the glasses. <laughs> no, further down. <laughs> no, one with acne. No, not you, the other. <laughs> We're just kidding. I would wait in line for a night. The one with too. cheesy dust on their shirt. No, not you. The, other. <laughs> the one who still lives in their parents' basement. All right, a little too close to home. <laughs> it's a little too on the nose for me. You check your shirt for cheesy dust. Uh, <laughs> so, but again, all, you know, there was blood all over. Yeah. Uh, the woman that was in the washroom had her ankles and wrist tied with... Um, zip ties? Zip ties, thank you. Uh, Rachel reiterated what Ryan had seen to the operator on the phone, and Montgomery County Police arrived on the scene shortly after the 911 call was made. Soon paramedics were there, and they wheeled the woman who was alive out as she was writhing around in pain. My God. I like, all right. And just to like when, and I know this is trivial, I would be so embarrassed to be on a stretcher. Having all those people look at me, especially in a time of like trauma and crisis, I couldn't even imagine. <laughs> You'd have your PR person there. Uh, Matt has, has oh. asked that anybody, can you guys just please not look at him while no, he's on just, the stretcher? Matt, weren't you in a dog cage yesterday? <laughs> I was, yes. Well, that, I don't mind that kind of attention. Also, can I please say that I saw a picture of you guys in the dog cages. You're in the fucking lap of luxury. She can't even sit up straight. I know. I know. It is. That uh, is so unfair. I know. What happened to women and children first? Not, <laughs> well, they wanted a cage that would uh, fit the ego as well. So they figured they had the biggest. <laughs> is that what you told people? That's not the first time you've said That's that That's what line. she told people. I told people. Uh, I was like, yeah, she got to get a better agent. <laughs> <laughs> I felt so bad for her, though. Like. She's all hunched over, and then you're just there, like, feet up. So I we, think you had a Nintendo Switch in there. So we There's do. There's a full of popcorn. We do. Um, yeah, you might want to explain that, Yeah, actually. okay. So uh, we, I work at a radio station in, in Barrie, Ontario, and we uh, spend the yesterday in animal crates to raise money we for. We know you work at a radio station. That's all you ever talk about. <laughs> we raise money for uh, Street Cats Rescue, a local animal shelter that we just absolutely love. So it was our eighth annual one. And, and they uh, just had a, a, like a tragedy not too long yeah, ago too, actually, so it was kind of a big deal, right? Down, so we we're kind of raised some extra money for them to kind of restock and stuff. So, um, but yeah, I, oh, I forgot my train. Why I was because going you that. guys were in the cages, and that's oh yeah, yeah. I like that. That that attention is fine. I like that. It's on my terms. So being in a cage is on your terms. 
Yeah. Maybe if you went to Amsterdam, you could be like one of those people in like the windows. In the windows? Yeah, you could be like a cage dancer. <laughs> would people want but to come God up? But God forbid if you had trauma. People come up and bang me. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'd want to have like, I don't know, final say. <laughs> what? Well. On, Who gets to bang you? Yes. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. Your body, your business. Yeah, I wouldn't be like one of those escorts that's like, yeah, what? I'll take uh, whatever. I don't care. I'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'd have standards. Like, they wouldn't be high, but I'd have them. <laughs> they're there. Yeah. I mean, you might need a fucking microscope to see. Them, <laughs> okay, so we're making horrible jokes as this poor woman is uh, being yeah, you're the worst. wheeled out. Um, what Ryan had assumed was a dead man actually turned out to be a 30-year-old woman, and her name was Jaina Troxell Murray. When her vitals were checked, Jaina had no pulse. Her yoga pants had been deliberately cut at the crotch, indicating that this brutal attack may have been sexually driven. The woman who was found alive in the washroom was 28-year-old Brittany Norwood. Uh, Brittany had lacerations all over her body, a large cut to her forehead, and she had her wrists and ankles bound together by cable ties. However, notably, Brittany was not actually bound to anything stationed. Okay. She was just tied together at the wrists and the ankles. Like hogtied? No. Oh. Just her wrists were together and her ankles were together. Oh, okay. Like separately. Her wrists were... Se- like they weren't... Okay. I yeah, no, she the wasn't were she not was bound not to the ankles. Okay, I got you. But... Wait for the Patreon episode because there's a lot of hog tying in that one. Oh. So, you know, she wasn't bound to anything in particular. So she, theoretically, if she wasn't unconscious, she could have got up and moved around. Sure. But uh, at the time, the officers just thought um, that they wanted to get her the help that she needed. Her yoga pants had also been ripped at the crotch. So they got Brittany out of the store and she was on her way to the hospital to have her wounds assessed. Officer Colin O'Brien would follow, and once Brittany was stable, he would try to get out of her exactly what had happened the previous night. So Brittany was brought into room 12 of the emergency department. Yeah. That's what it's called? It is an emergency room. ER? ER, yeah. Yeah, so the emergency room, room 12, uh, which was private to the other rooms. Uh, They began removing her clothing and putting the items into an evidence bag. After the hospital staff had gathered everything, they handed it to Officer O'Brien... And that was when he noticed on Brittany's hand between her index finger and her thumb was an inch-long laceration, Mm. which was commonly seen on suspects of stabbings. Uh, You know, when they grip the handle and they slip. Um, Oh, see, I'm thinking like defensive wound or something. Well, that that is what he documented it as. Um, at the time, but it raised a little flag. He did. He noticed it. Okay. So at the time, Officer O'Brien brushed it off, assuming that Brittany must have received it, this type of injury, as she tried to defend herself from the blows. After her injuries were noted, Detective Deanna Mackey came into Brittany's room. Uh, Detective Mackey was known for her compassion, and she was very successful in having victims open up and speak about their stories. She turned on a digital recorder, and the two spoke for 48 minutes. Wow. Brittany was still too traumatized to really discuss what had happened, but she first asked how her friend was doing. Detective Mackey was aware that the other victim had not survived this horrific attack, but she didn't want Brittany to shut down. So she told her that she would look into it once they were done, and Brittany agreed to try her best um, to give yes and no type answers with really without going too far into mm-hmm. it because she was still like super traumatized. Like a, like a real-life Olivia Benson. Yeah. Like, uh, that's... Yeah. What a fucking saint. That's, 
man, right after somebody goes through something like that and knowing, like knowing that, okay, number one, it's super important to get this information out, but also you don't want to re-traumatize them. Like, how do you walk that line? Because you want that information right away. And you don't, you have to like avoid saying something and you don't know what's going to be triggering too, right? So like sure. you, you have to avoid them shutting down instantly. Mm-hmm. So that on its face is tough because I have enough time like walking through life nowadays and like making sure I'm not saying something offensive to just people on the street. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. how do you not re-trigger this person? <laughs> <laughs> just... Yeah, right. <laughs> so what she was able to get out of Brittany was that she and Jaina had closed the door together. They were coworkers uh, the previous day, which was Friday. They closed down at 9 p.m. Uh, Jaina was the supervisor on duty and Brittany was a salesperson. Like I said, however, I did read in sources that all Lululemon employees are referred to as educators. Hi, we're educators. Hi, I'm an educator. They're like, oh, yeah, are you a professor? No, no, I work at Lululemon. I like how the educators are right next door to the geniuses at Apple. Mm. Because they're not Apple employees. They're geniuses. These ones aren't. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. (laughs) This one here? You just wait and see. These guys, um, if there's a genius spectrum, they're on the very far end. So after shutting down the store, the two women were leaving at around 9.45 p.m. Jaina was walking to her silver Pontiac, and Brittany would be taking the subway. But according to Brittany, only a few minutes into her walk to the subway station, she realized that she did not have her wallet, which contained her Metro Pass. So she called another coworker and explained what had happened, and she said she needed Jaina to come back and open up the store so that she could run in and grab her belongings and the coworker on the phone told her she should just call Rachel, which is the manager. Yeah. Um, she was the one at the beginning of the story that had gone in and came back oh, out. Oh, right. Okay. So, because Rachel lived right across the street from the store, so it just made sense for her to pop on mm-hmm. over. But Brittany was insistent. She said that she had only just left Jaina and she couldn't have gotten very far. Mm-hmm. So the coworker agreed and gave her the number. And. According to Brittany, Jaina said that she too had forgotten her laptop in the store, so it wasn't that big of a deal for her to come back in. Oh, nice. They went or back into so the nice, store. Actually, no, no, it awful. doesn't go great. Yeah, no. right. Yeah, I'm like, oh, that's good. Oh, they get their things back. <laughs> no, not paying. No, nothing about this is going to be super. Nope. So they went back into the store. They deactivated the alarm. ADT would later say that when the lock was deactivated at 10.05 p.m., it was never reactivated and there was no further action. Mm. So, while they looked for the wallet, they had left the door unlocked, thinking that it was only going to be a quick in and out. But after a while looking, they couldn't find it, and Jana told Brittany that she should just come back the next day to find her wallet, and in the meantime, she could just borrow Jana's Metro card to get home. Okay. But when they turned to leave the store, there were two men standing there. Oh, fuck. And they were wearing black clothing and masks, and they had their hoods up and drawn tight. The men told Jaina and Brittany that they wanted all the money in the registers and safes. Uh, Brittany said that the taller of the two men grabbed Jaina by her hair and began dragging her towards the back of the store. As well, he had allegedly punched Jaina in the face. This could also be, you know, be seen. There was tons of clumps of Jaina's hair throughout the store. Right. The shorter of the two men, who Brittany says was not much taller than her, and she only stood at 5'3", had grabbed Brittany and demanded that she open three small safes and give him the money that they held, which she did. And he then brought her into the back staff washroom where he would rape her. I hate that word so much. But I just don't feel like when I say sexual assault, assault, it doesn't do it justice. No, it seems very... 
It could be anything. There's such a spectrum of sexual assaults, right? Yeah, and not to say that it is not bad, but I think that sometimes you need a harsher word and, for it. Oh God, it just it cut every time I say it though. I feel like I'm saying I know a horrible slur. It is. It, yeah. it kind of is. Wow. But so he was doing that, and while he was doing that, he was calling her the N-word. And then he would take one of the wooden hangers. Have you ever been into a Lululemon? Um, yeah, but not to shop. So, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> scope out, babes. Uh, no, I, I don't think I've been into a Lululemon, though. So they, have, they do have these heavy wooden hangers. So he would use that to sexually assault her. Mm. The laceration on Brittany's forehead, she said, was also the result of being hit by one of the wood hangers. As Brittany was enduring all of this, she said that she could hear Jaina screaming for her life uh, until she didn't hear her screaming anymore. Fuck. She made mention of her rapist saying that he said that he was having too much fun sexually assaulting Brittany and she was lucky because he was going to let her live because of that. Um, but he tied her feet and her arms together and he left her in the bathroom where Brittany claims to have blacked out until she was feeling the next morning. <sighs> when Brittany could not say what the men looked like because they were covered, she told Detective Mackey that they sounded young and white. Back at the crime scene, we have our two main detectives. That's going to be Dimitri Reuven and Detective Jim Drury and Sergeant Craig Wittenberg, along with about 10 other detectives and commanders. Now, remember I said that the Apple store was right next door to the Lululemon store? Mm-hmm. Well, they actually shared a wall. So the Apple employees surely heard something. At 12 the next day, Detective Mike Karen made his way over there, and he introduced himself to the Apple manager, whose name was Jonas Virgil, who had closed, luckily, the previous night before. And he asked her if she had heard anything. And she had. She what? Had, yeah. So she had even discussed it with her coworkers and the Apple Store security guard, because they had a oh security guard God, on top of everything. Oh, my God. You got to be shitting me. Uh, they heard screaming and heavy banging and something that sounded like dragging. The Apple Store employees would lean into the wall to see if they could make more sense of what they were hearing. And they would hear two women shouting. Uh, they heard someone say, talk to me, don't do this. And they heard the same voice say, stop, oh God. They claimed to have not heard any male voices, but they couldn't be certain. The security card thought that it was just women being dramatic. Oh <laughs> my God. And this was... Bethesda, you know, horrible things didn't happen here. It's 41% safer. It's 41. That's a yeah. huge percentage. That's, that's a, like a C minus. That's right. <laughs> so when Jonas was informed that there had been a murder, she began sobbing, of course. Well, yeah. And you could have prevented it. <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, Gina's silver Pontiac was found three blocks away, uh, hidden behind a farmer's market. There are a lot of people that, you know, Sometimes like blame themselves and you're like, you know what? It's just not, it's, you know what? Don't blame yourself. Something, you know, the universe is fucked up, whatever. So it's going to happen. You couldn't have changed anything. Yeah. Jonas. Uh, and then there are other times where people blame themselves. I'm like, you fucking should blame yourself, you inattentive motherfucker. Here's the thing, Jonas. You, you could have changed something. <laughs> like imagine her therapist. She's like, and I, sh I, I could have done something. I could have done more. She's like, no, fuck yeah. yeah. You could have done a lot more. You could have done something. Like literally anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the Okay, let's just say that they don't know what to do. A security, a guard security guard with some sort of authority and... Uh, authority, I believe it's pronounced. <laughs> authority. <laughs> authority. 
Wow. Mm-hmm. What a fuck up. Yep. So like I said, the car was found three blocks away behind a farmer's market. Once it was known that they had found the vehicle that had something to do with this case, a patrol officer named Ryan Tierney approached the detectives at the store. He advised them that he had seen that car in the lot of the farmer's market around 12.30 in the morning, Mm a.m. And the car had its lights on and someone was inside of the vehicle. Mm. He could not make out any features on the person, but he said two hours later he drove by again and the lights were still on and there was still somebody sitting in the car. Mm. He wondered if this might have something to do with the now stricter laws being put into place about smoking indoors. He wondered if it was maybe an overnight employee somewhere who was just sneaking out for smoke breaks in their car. But when he drove by a third time that night, um, it was an hour later, and he saw that the car was now off and nobody was sitting inside of it. He didn't think too much of it. Right. Smoke's done. Yeah. Bye-bye. So, (laughs) the three-hour smoke. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, the families of both women were starting to worry. Uh, In Texas, Jaina's mother, Phyllis, and her father, David, had received a call from her longtime boyfriend. His name was Frazier. And guess where he lived? No. Seattle. Seattle? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) I also, um, I crept him on Facebook. That sounds about right. And her family, too. Um, They still, like, post pictures of her on her birthday and on the anniversary of her death. And, like, her brothers just seem really devastated by it. Yeah, no shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that's me being creepy. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, yeah, so he lived in Seattle. He had informed her that Jaina had not called as she always did when she finished her shift. Um, and furthermore, he had been in touch with one of her friends who was supposed to meet Jaina that morning. And when Jaina never showed up, the friend drove past her parking spot and was worried when her Pontiac was not there. But back at the crime scene, uh, Detective Drury, Wittenberger, and Reuven were covering their shoes with those little material booties to try and prevent contaminating the crime scene any more than it already had been. With the Apple customer in there and oh, Rachel yeah. having walked through there as well as the paramedics and responding officers, there would just been so much contamination yeah, already. For sure. But they had noticed that there was faint blood-covered shoe prints that led up to the front door and that they were dry, so they'd clearly been there for a while. When Reuben went into the back room where the body was, there was a lot more blood and what appeared to be the same shoe prints, only they were much clearer in the back. So he measured them and realized that they were a size men's 14 Reebok shoe. Wow. That's a big shoe. That's a big shoe. So, you know what they say about big shoes. All right. You perv. (laughs) But at first they thought that the shoe prints must have belonged to one of the suspects, naturally, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In blood. Or so. Shaquille O'Neal. Exa- that's exactly right. One of the right. two. Yeah. But as they continued searching, they found a pair of size 14 men's shoes with the exact same pattern as the bloody footprints in the store. So did the killers change their footwear at the door in order to prevent, you know, any evidence from leaving the store? It was very strange. Like they put on Lulu shoes? Well, Lulu's, they didn't sell shoes at that time. Mm. What we are going to find out is that there's shoes in the store for alterations. So when you're either hemming a pant or they they want to put a running shoe on the person so that they can see just that little oh, like three quarters of an inch no or something shit. like that. So oh that they okay. Well I mean when you're paying two hundred dollars for a pair of yoga pants, you want them to fucking fit properly. <laughs> <laughs> so when Detective Mackey made her way back to the Lululemon store, so this was the detective that spoke with Brittany in the hospital. Olivia Benson. You got it. Uh, she reiterated the story that Brittany had told her, and she said that she felt as though Brittany was a very credible witness. 
Uh, she seemed honest, and if she didn't remember something, she would just say she didn't remember. But after seeing the photos of Brittany after being all cleaned up and laying in the hospital bed, Sergeant Craig Wittenberger started questioning things a little. Why had Jaina been so horribly brutalized? Um, and according to these photos, Brittany had nothing but superficial cuts. They all seemed to be straight and about the same depth. Um, as if there'd been no, like, pulling away or struggling. you got to be shitting me right now. What are you thinking? I, I Like, honestly, what I'm thinking is this is some sort of inside job, and they're like, okay, listen, give me a couple of tiny stabs just to make it look like I'm fucking victim too, and then we'll fucking take these guys for all their money. Hmm. That's kind of what I am thinking, and I hope that it's not the case, because that's a real big piece Very of shit thing to do. Very victim blaming, Matt. Very victim blaming. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hypothetical victim blaming. <laughs> so... You know, he he saw these cuts and <laughs> he, he just lured me in that. And then you're like, very victim blaming. Wow. <laughs> you are doing Britney dirty. That's for sure. <laughs> How dare you? But apparently, these guys were kind of on the same wavelength as you because, you know, they started wondering why Gina mm-hmm. had all these horrible gouging injuries and Britney barely, they look like kitten scratches. Right. But they had to be careful with this claim as. You should have as well, but you weren't, and that's I was, fine. <laughs> yes, you need to be very sensitive. So if he was wrong, they were pinning a murder on a small, innocent rape victim. Mm-hmm. And they would pay for it. Detective Wittenberger did vocalize his thoughts with his coworkers, and they all decided that it was best probably at this point in the investigation to keep it to themselves before they had all the facts. Right. As Detective Reuven was searching the back room, he noticed... The door that led to the back alley had those same size 14 men's shoe prints covered in dry blood, but it seemingly stopped right at the door to go outside. They couldn't detect any blood outside of the door. And another thing that the detectives found strange was they found that box of zip ties, the ones that had been used to tie up Brittany. Mm-hmm. It seems strange that the killers and these rapists would leave it up to chance that there would be something that they could, you know, use to oh, yeah. tie up their victims. But by now, in Texas, Gina's family had learned of what had happened at the Lululemon store where their daughter worked. The victim of the murder had not been identified yet, but knowing that Gina had worked there the previous evening and now with no one being able to get a hold of her, the family had enough reason to worry. Yeah. Her mom, Phyllis, called and gave Gina's information. She told them about an earring that Gina always wore, and she had the VIN number to her car. If you went missing, (sighs) would your parents... Be able to do that? I mean, my brother could definitely, but no, not my folks. They wouldn't even know what a VIN number is. No, I, I don't think so. No, you? <laughs> Matt? Would Matt know what your VIN? Would Matt know what kind of car you drive? Well, he owns my car, so he, uh, he, has, he probably has the ownership. <laughs> but, <laughs> but my parents would be like, maybe it's white. We're, yeah. Maybe she's, I'm not even sure if she's white. She... <laughs> don't trust me. <laughs> You're white. Shut up. I'm feeling extra tan today. <laughs> God, you yeah, are- well, you can feel tanned <laughs> all you want. I identify as a tan person. If you, is that how you would like to identify? I will respect that, and I will refer to you as tanned. <laughs> You're a real piece of work. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> On behalf of Brittany and myself. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I, I'm not going into that uh, group. <laughs> so, yeah, they gave the VIN number to her car, and she mentioned that Jaina had a terrible habit of chewing her fingernails right down to the nub. Mm. Um Detective Reuven told her that they had not yet identified the victim, but once they did, they would give her a call right back. He knew that this was almost certainly Jaina, but he couldn't tell a worried mother that until he knew that with 100%. 
certainties. So after examining the crime scene, it came time to turn over Jaina's body. She's been face down this entire time. Wow. She had been found face down, but her arm had been folded behind her back like this. So it kind of looked as though she had landed on her back and then somebody had flipped her over. Oh, okay. So they didn't want to see her face. Um, Gina had, we'll find this out later. They didn't know this at the time, but she had 331 injuries to her body. Jeez, that's overkill. And her face was so badly bruised that it was a shade of purple that didn't seem human. According to the detectives, they knew now that they had to make the call to Jaina's parents in Texas and confirm their fears. Like, why would you set somebody up? I guess we'll find out if that's even the case. I don't know. But, like, that seems so, like, I, I don't know what Brutal. you could do to somebody that that is the revenge that you take. That's like you like, hurt my kid. I'll make yeah. your sh- face a shade of purple that's unrecognizable. You refer to my kid as Luigi and not Mario? I swear to God, I will bring a hell upon thee. You're, so you're not saying that, right? Because no, if you're saying, saying that, I swear no, to God, I if you am, say that right no, now... all I'm, I am saying is I that that is you. a scenario. That is a scenario. <laughs> I will kill you. They will find you here on Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Luigi's fine. Um, <laughs> Anybody, really. If you refer to anybody than Mario... You as remember. long as it's not Bowser. Yeah. Oh, God, no. <laughs> my middle guy always tells me that I get to be Princess Peach, and I'm like, I can live with that. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> like, Mucky Ma, you're toad again. Oh, God. No, <laughs> my husband's Bowser always. <laughs> but, uh, so, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Jaina, because she deserves to be recognized. Yep. She was the youngest of three. She had two older brothers named Hugh, who had gone to law school. He was in the JAG Corps in the U.S. Army, later becoming a captain in Iraq. And Dirk who was also a pilot himself, and he had two young sons. His two little boys called Jaina Tia T. Tia is Spanish for aunt, and T was for her middle name, which was Troxel, which was her grandmother's maiden name. So what did they call her? T.T.? No. Tia T. Tia T. Yeah. Jaina had been to all of the continents except for Antarctica, and that was on her bucket list. She was. Uh, yeah, you could skip Antarctica. I mean. She's very, very chilly. Take a peck. Very chilly. So she was currently in the process of moving closer to be with her boyfriend, Fraser, uh, who ha- she had known since the seventh grade, uh, and they had been discussing becoming engaged. So I didn't put this in here. That he's a psychiatrist on the radio? <laughs> hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Wow. Call salad and scrambled eggs. You went into that with, you hit I the note right on the nose. It's coming back, too. Fraser, oh, yeah. he's in Boston now. I don't care for Kelsey Grammer. <sighs> Wow, I we, know. Without Niles and the dad. I only want Niles. I know. They I should know. do a spinoff of Niles and Daphne. I'd watch that. Yep, 100%. So, yeah, I don't know why I didn't put it in here, but she was just 10 weeks shy of um, completing two of her degrees. She was in school for business administration and communications at... Only two degrees at the same time? Yeah. Seems pretty lazy to me. Well, she was trying to go to Antarctica in the meantime. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, well... Then. She was also fluent in Spanish, so... <laughs> There's that. Um, Yeah, she was going to move to Seattle. I didn't note it in here, but she, um, one of her employees came up to her and they were saying that in Canada, because I guess Seattle's right on the other side of... um, Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. So there was um, a head office job at the Lululemon in Vancouver. And so one of her employees had come up to her and said, like, can we, can I get, you know, a letter of recommendation? Can you be a reference? Da, 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 da. And Janie was like, thinking to herself, like, oh, God, that would be so perfect. I wish I could apply for that job. But this girl was her friend, and, like, they'd, you know, done things outside of work together. Mm. So she ended up calling the girl into the office, and she was like, 
I won't do this if you ask me not to. She's like, but I would love to apply for this job so that I can be closer to Fraser and da da da. And the girl was like, absolutely, like do yeah. you know, do your thing. But she had, you know, she was kind enough to go to her friend and bring her in and have a private conversation with her before she did anything, you know, surreptitiously. Which isn't even really. I mean, that big of a deal? Like, no, it's like not that, a guaranteed position. And that to me is not like a backstabby thing either. Like, that's not, there's no malicious intent behind something like that. But for some What would you do if you came in here one Sunday and it was just me and Tara in here talking about murder? <laughs> oh my God. I was just like, Don, I'd be like, oh, finally. <laughs> well, I guess I got Sundays off now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Bigger brother shift to the hot dog cart. <laughs> but what would you do if you lost access to our, our Patreon only Facebook group? I, I would probably hate that more than getting kicked off the pod. <laughs> <laughs> I like your little groove. I think you have a thing for second handy Mandy. <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes. <laughs> Which is also a very classy name. <laughs> I like it. So let's get back to murder. All right. <laughs> Later, back at the investigation, after checking outside surveillance that the Apple store had, Allowed them to access. Um, oh, the that's nice of them. Did they eat? Were they, oh, we don't have any security cameras. <laughs> no, they were eating their lunch. They're like, me, I don't. I don't know. Go check. I don't know. We're, we're geniuses. We're fucking busy. <laughs> I've got egg salad here. It's not going to eat itself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody hates me for bringing eggs. <laughs> <laughs> so later back at the investigation, yes, so they had uh, the Apple Store security that's only outside. Uh, <laughs> so the detectives did notice that there were two men dressed in dark clothing, which is what Brittany mm-hmm. said had come in. So Lululemon didn't have cameras on the inside of the store in 2011, which seems weird to me. I would just assume every store in a mall has interior security cameras as a general rule. Yeah, but not in 2011, apparently. So these two men were coming from the direction of the Lululemon store, and it was just after 10 p.m., so right about the same time that all the murders and assaults would have been taking place. Sadly, that would turn out to just be a huge coincidence. Those were two busboys at a nearby restaurant, and they had just finished their shifts at about 10 p.m. and were walking by. But another hint would come in about an unhoused man. His name was Keith Lockett, and he was very well-known. He was a regular at a local bar, and he would make himself very known because he had a tendency to get drunk and then become very loud and outspoken. Okay. I've heard of that. I've heard of people people doing that before. (laughs) You know what? I think I've met somebody like that. Yeah. But that, too, proved to be another dead end because, as it turned out, Keith was in a hospital recovering from a fight that he had been in with a man, and the blood that was on Keith's clothing would prove that it was not either Brittany or Gina's. 36 hours after being admitted to the hospital, Brittany was released. Her family had flown in from all over to support her. She was number six of nine siblings. Oh, wow. Jesus. What do you figure? Do you like Secret Santa for Christmas? You don't get all your kids, all your brothers and sisters a present. Imagine being the parents. You have to get all those nine kids something. Yeah, that's right. Good boy. So there is, you know, a lot of family there being supportive. Detective Drury and Reuben had not yet met Brittany. So they called her older sister, Marissa, which um, Marissa owned a townhouse and Brittany rented at the basement. Okay, nice. And they asked if they could stop by and have a quick word with her. And Marissa said that was no problem. Brittany met them and advised them that it would probably be best if they spoke in her basement apartment so that they could have peace and quiet. I mean, like her 48 siblings were upstairs (laughs) having a parade, so. (laughs) Um, Brittany told them the same story that she had told the female detective in the hospital, except now she included that the attackers had pushed her down on top of Jaina's body after she had already been killed, 
which would explain why well, she would she have kind of... Gina's blood on her as well. Oh, though. okay. I was thinking why that body was kind of slumped. Yeah, no, she had Gina's blood on her, and she had apparently been pushed just out of cruelty, I assume. She also said that they must have looked in her purse and found her bills, and therefore they now knew where she lived. Brittany stated that she had not told her family that, and the detective said that, well, they couldn't force her to tell her family. They did have a right to know if they were in danger. Mm -hmm. So Brittany went upstairs with the detectives and told them that in the middle of this brutal attack, one of the suspects had left and gone through her purse. <sighs> And they now knew where she lived. The detectives comforted them by saying that 96% of these cases, the killers don't return. So the guy, uh, they're like 4%. 4% chance in the 41% hood. <laughs> Not too bad. I think that... Pretty good odds. 75% is what that equals, that they're going to get killed. <laughs> that was just some quick math. I'm not sure if it's right. It is accurate. <laughs> you have your calculator, my scientific calculator. Right? <laughs> so they then asked Brittany if Lululemon sells shoes. And they do now, as proven by my Lululemon yeah, shoes. With built-in socks. They look like Yeezys. <laughs> They're really ugly. I don't know why I bought them. They look super comfy. They're super comfy. That's, yeah. But also, I'm a bit of a name whore. Oh, so. yeah. Are they like 100 bucks? Are they more than $100? They're more than 100 bucks. I got them on sale, actually. They were down from 198 to 119 uh, That's pretty good. Buck 20 for shoes? Yeah, that's kind of what I average. Yeah, so yeah, there you like go. 100 bucks. yeah. And my girlfriends have given me a $50 gift card. Nice. Which to Lululemon is like, it's like a gateway drug. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. like you can't, I'm not getting out of there with something for $50. <laughs> but I'm not not going to spend a $50 gift certificate. Mm -hmm. It's just that, like, if they gave me a $20 gift certificate, it would probably just sit around and collect dust. Yeah, but like 50, you. I'm like, I got to spend this. Mm -hmm. So they then asked if they sell shoes. She said they do not, but they do keep one pair of women's shoes and one pair of men's shoes at the store for alterations. I wrote in the restaurant for alterations. It's not It's not a restaurant. Don't go there looking for food. <laughs> You're going to be horribly disappointed. <laughs> I wouldn't say there's nothing oh, to eat. <laughs> oh, my God. Sorry, you're married. I'll explain that joke later. Oh, no, I, I got the joke. Thank goodness your mother doesn't listen to this. <laughs> so, this would explain why there was size 14 Reebok shoes in the store um, and why there was bloody footprints in those shoes. But how did the killers know exactly, you know, where those shoes were or mm. if they were there? Like how it must have been, you know, planned out. As they were leaving the house, Brittany's brother, Chris, ran out to the detectives and he seemed perplexed. He asked them, he said, you know, I'm very thankful that Brittany is alive and well, but he was also confused. And he asked, I just can't get over the fact that why would they spare her? This girl was killed, and my sister only has a few injuries. Killed brutally. Brutally. Yeah. Reuven asked if Chris thought that Brittany had something to do with it, and Chris adamantly denied that. But now the detectives were really starting to think that they may have been approaching this thing from the wrong angle. But that's where we're going to leave off. Oh, uh, you bitch! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm, like, leaning in, like, oh, man. The wrong angle, you say? <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if you're a patron, you'll get it right away. And if you are not, that is fine. We still love you. And you will be able to hear the rest of this next Tuesday. So, uh, hang tight for that. Bye. Bye.